Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Ace Hardware. Ace, the helpful place. First call of the day, Jack. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. What can I do for you? Thank you. Um, I wanted to know if you knew of a good internet source or wherever, maybe a book, that has a lot of uh, really nice home designs that are ranch style. I heard you one time say that um, a smaller house, I think, I, don't quote me perfect, uh, I mean, I think you said like 1,400 to 1,800 square feet is a really nice, comfortable, easy to maintain size of a home to have. And I was, I've looked at a whole bunch of designs on the internet and it gets confusing and none of them really quite match what I'm going after i wanted a big porch on the front a big porch on the back and ranch style and i wanted it to be relatively small and uh-huh. i just wanted to you know if you had any you know know of a good source of uh, home designs to look at actually if you go to uh lowe's they've got a, a book department there at lowe's you know typically up by the cash registers okay. and they've got they got books of them, and they're, they're typically in the book is going to have like a couple hundred different designs for you to look at, and they've got them broken out into whether you want a large one, small, medium-sized houses, and so the that's where I I pick my heck I got probably three or four of them at the house myself because I like looking at them. Okay, all right. Well, uh, I guess that's all I've got to ask. I really appreciate your help. Oh, not a problem, Jack. You take care and have a great weekend. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. And, and hey, for, for me, the perfect size is fifteen yes. to 1,600 square feet. Okay. All right. That helps a whole lot. Well, thank you. You bet. Take care. Uh, 1-800-288-9227. And, and just for everybody listening, why, why do I pick that size? Because at, at at that fifteen to sixteen hundred square feet, you've got enough room to have a three bedroom house. You can have your living room, a formal type living room. You can have a uh, formal dining room. Yet you still have the room to have a breakfast area and a family room that's separated from that formal room. Uh, I my, my favorite layout house that that I ever lived in was. 1,565 square feet. Had everything you needed in it. I I loved it that way. 1-800-288-9227. Chris, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Uh, I'm doing a total roof replacement replacement and um, the decking and everything. And in the valleys and on the edge of the roof, uh, do I need to put the snow and ice barrier along with the the felt well you know, they, they call they it the, that, that the, yeah they call it a snow and ice but really what it does is it just protects you from the elements because in the valleys and stuff it, it takes a beating there and right. if you get a leak it's typically going to run down in that area that's where it's going to going to be leaking so normally used to be what you'd put was a metal valley 
Right. And now they've that. gone to, yeah. They, well, you've already got a metal valley in there. Well, I do, but that's going to be torn out, and then right. I thought I was going to replace it as well. And then I didn't know yeah. in addition we needed an extra barrier. If you're going to replace it with the metal, you don't need the other barrier. Now they make okay. some that are tar based that you literally stick on into place. And the yeah. huge advantage on those when you drive your nails through it, unlike the metal where when you drive a nail, water can kind of over time seep through where the nail hole is. On those Problem. ones that are tar-based, you drive a nail through it, the tar seals around that nail, and you don't have okay. as big a leaking area. Okay. And I'll be honest, the, the way I t personally like my roof done is... I use the tar base underneath there, and then I weave the shingles rather than having a cut valley. Right. And it, it just gives you a double protection, and uh, I personally just like the looks of that better. Okay. Now, what about With, on the uh, the drip line, you know, the drip edge? Do I need it down there? And take uh, it no, or, it's... You know, Typically, what you do down there is they'll start with uh, the first row of shingles being like an upside-down shingle. If you're using a architectural shingle, you would use yes. a three-tab turned upside-down uh, okay. on the bottom, and then your shingles come up from there. Okay, and that's plenty? Yeah. Okay. Okay, you answer my call then. I appreciate it. David, this is Jim. How can I help you? Um, hey, was, uh, thank you for taking my call. I um, just wanted to ask you about installing some hardy plank. We're getting ready to start replacing some siding on our home. We have the old masonite stuff, and it's just falling apart. Um, yeah. So we're kind of good looking between the um, the smart siding and the hardy siding, um, and uh, we're going to do the board and batten look. So I noticed that the hardy okay. plank had the uh, sheets of basically four-by-eight sheets, um, and then you can put the strips over top of those little grooves in it to make it look like the board and batten. That's what we're thinking about yes. doing. Um, and I was just going to ask if you, I, I know the the smart siding, you can just, you know, use regular nails, whatever, because it's like a OSB board or something like that. But the, the hardy plank, how, what's the best way to install that if we decide to go that route? Well, you use nails on it as well. The only big thing you have to watch when you're installing hardy is you don't sink the nails into the siding. When the nail head gets flush with the uh, siding top, that's where you mm -hmm. stop. Where okay. when you're doing wood and, and other things, you know, you hammer it until it, the top of the nail head is flush with the siding. Uh, and with Hardy, you don't do that. But for what you're talking about doing, I really would take a serious look at the, the Hardy product over the smart siding. Uh, the, the biggest problem I have with the smart siding, and not that... Not that I, I'm saying it's bad, but it's still a fiber product. You're depending mm -hmm. on the resins to hold it together. And over time, as it, in our environment, which is brutal as compared to other parts of the country, uh, because our sun just beats things up, I think we're going to see it's going to start breaking down over time. Okay. Now, paint is on it to protect it. Let's let's face it, that's what paint does. And masonite siding was the same way. The paint protected it, kept moisture from getting into things and causing the problems. But yeah. I think we're going to have the same issues down the road because when you start dealing with the fibers and you start dealing with the uh, man-made materials, let's face it, they just 
don't hold up to Mother Nature, where the Hardy product is a concrete-based product. And so water and rain and all that stuff just doesn't affect it. Now, some of the stuff I was reading says, says the best way to install is using a nail gun. Some people say, no, the best way to install is a hammer and nail. Some people, you know, uh, there's just, there's so many things out there on what the best way to use is. I mean, your opinion on using either a, a nail gun and if you use what kind of nail gun, either the coil nails or the straight nails or what kind of nails, or is it just best to hammer well, they and nail? Actually, they actually make a nail gun specifically for Hardy. So if you're going oh, really? to use a nail gun, you'd want to you'd want to use that, uh, and it uses a a regular head type nail. So yes, it's using the the barrel uh, type nails. The I'll be honest though, all of it that I've ever installed, I always hand nail it. And and be honest with you, it's not because I I believe it's better. I can't justify the cost of going out and buying that nail gun to do. A project a year with it or, or something along that lines because I don't make a living putting the hardy siding on but any place that mm -hmm. I that I have where, I, where I'm doing siding on it it is what mm -hmm. I use and, and and you know the type that you're talking about using I was just out at the, at the deer lease uh, two weeks ago looking at one of my deer stands I redid um, five years ago and I did two stands. One of them I put the James Hardy on. The other one I put uh, wood siding on and painted both of them. Man, that Hardy siding one looks like the day I put it out there. The other one, I'm basically having to take it down and rebuild it again. It, oh, wow. it is hands down the, the best way to go. Well, how do you keep from breaking? I heard it's brittle and you can break it real easy. If you get too close to the edge... You absolutely can, but if you stay about an inch and a half off the edge with your nails, you're fine. Nick, I promised you were next, so how can I help you? Yes, sir. Um, got a question for you. I had an electrical contractor come out, and it's more of a window question. There's some double-pane windows on the outside of the living room that he conveniently leaned the palm of his hand against and cracked the outer pane of it. So I have to figure out how to replace that. And I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. It's definitely not something I'm willing to undertake. So um, the outside pane of the dual pane is is cracked, and you can actually tell where the, the heel print of his hand has, uh, when he leaned up against the, the window itself, is broken. So um, I know you advertise some window guys. I didn't know if that's something that they could do. It's not really a full-on replacement for the entire uh, part of the house. It's definitely just that pane or maybe the, the casing itself. By chance, do you know how long those windows have been in? Oh, uh, let's see. I lived there for six months. My uh, wife's been there for about eight. Uh, it's a fairly new addition. I think at one point it was a garage that they converted into the living room. So it was done before then, so at least eight years. Okay. And is it aluminum frame window or, or is it vinyl? I want to say it's vinyl. It's, I haven't really looked at it all that much. Um, I know there's probably... And, and the main reason I'm... Yeah, the main reason I'm asking that is uh, several of the manufacturers actually offer lifetime warranties on glass breakage. Okay. And so, so you I, may it, be able to to go back to the manufacturer and contact them to see about getting the glass pack replaced. Okay. I mean, would there if she didn't have any paperwork, I guess it would be maybe, if I'm lucky, a sticker on one of the frames or something in that room that might be on there that might have yeah, information on it. Normally, if you'll... Yeah, if you'll open up the, the window, uh, okay. 
look at the top and bottom, and right. you may have to actually, t is it the type that you can tip in? Uh, yes. Okay, tip it in, take that thing out, and look all the way around it. A lot of times you'll find a tag on there. And Perfect. not only will it give you who the manufacturer is, it'll actually give you a window number even. Oh, for that particular, and, like, casing or frame or whatever for, it is. Exactly. And so you can call the manufacturer, give them that number, and they can actually make a new one and ship it out. Okay, perfect. And, um, when, they, I got... and when they do that, uh -huh. when they do that, what they'll normally do is they're not just sending you the glass. They'll send you the glass in the new frame and everything. So you, you just pop it back into place just like you took this other one out, and okay. you're done. Oh, perfect. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Hey, I got one quick question for you, if I could. Is that house we're sure. moving from? Um, we're building a house in Sherman, and it's just about finished. Um, as far as the garage goes, I've always wanted to have like some sort of a like a decent floor covering, or I know they have like epoxy kits and that sort of stuff. Is there one that you would particularly recommend? There actually is. Uh, okay. There's a product. If you go online, take a look at Deitch Coatings. That's D-A-I-C-H Coatings. dot com. Okay. And they've got some excellent floor coverings that hold up to the heat that we get. Uh, too. So cause one of the big problems with uh, some of the floor coverings is when your tires get hot from running down the road, you drive into the garage, and it just peels that floor up. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. Uh, they, they've, got, they've got one that holds up to that heat. It's Deitch. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, Jim. I appreciate you taking my call, man. Thanks a lot. You bet. Take care and good luck with that window. And hey, if if the if for some reason you can't find the tag, uh huh, just call just call a glass shop because they right. typically can come out and make a new glass pack for the window. Okay. And and be be prepared though. It costs darn near as much to get a glass pack made as it does to just buy a window. Oh no, kidding. Okay. I hope. Perfect. Yeah. I, I, they're li they're <laughs> a little pricey. Yeah, I would imagine so, man. Thank you again. You bet. Take care. Sarah, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Um, so I'm going to sell my house in a few months, and it's about 13 years old. And I'm wondering, should I get an inspector to come out and, and check everything just to make sure when I do get a buyer? I personally would not. I mean, if the house is in good shape, you've maintained it, uh, they're really on a 13-year-old house should be nothing that you really need to worry about. Um, my experience with inspectors okay. is they all feel they need to find something. So no matter how good the house is, they're going to find something to say, oh, you need to take care of this. So I personally would... Just make sure the house is, is nice and clean, that you can open up all the window coverings to let lots of light in when you go to sell it, uh, uh -huh. you know, and, and have good, clean windows, you know, everything nice and bright. I think you'll be just fine. Okay, I have one more question. Um, sure. Okay, I, I do have quite a bit of tile in the house, and um, I got some cracked tiles, and I cannot find the tile uh it's been discontinued i think i need to replace all that floor 
Well, it will definitely affect people wanting to buy it because if you don't replace it, they will have to. But, you know, if you replace it, it may not be the tile they want. Yeah, if the cracks are really big and, and uh, extremely noticeable, I would say, yeah, you probably better go ahead and figure on replacing it. But if they're just hairlines that you got to look for, I would probably lean towards not replacing it, but be prepared that you're going to give them uh, a somewhat of a discount in order for them to replace it so they can get what they want. Well, that's good to know. I just was so torn on what to do because it's tile, and I hear it's a just yeah. a nasty job. When they come in and make dust all over your house and everything. I don't really want to have to go through replacing it, but see what happens, I guess. We'll sure. Yeah, and like so. I said, if it's if it's extremely noticeable, then, yeah, you'd have to do it in order to sell it. But let's face it, you go pick a neutral color and the next person wants a wood-style tile or something. Now they got to take it out anyway. So um, if it's just hairline cracks, I would wait and give them a discount on it would you put would you put that out there up front that there's going to be a tile allowance or a floor allowance or would you just wait to see if they say something wait and see if they say something okay great well thank you so much jim i really appreciate it you're welcome and good luck with the sale james this is jim how can i help you Yes, sir. I've got an oak tree in my front yard. It's right close to the driveway, and the roots are going underneath the driveway, and they're starting to push the driveway up. It's cracking. Is there anything yep. I can do aside from ripping up the concrete and and pulling the tree out to solve my problem? How close to the driveway is the tree? Uh, oh, maybe five or six feet at the most. Okay. It, and how big a diameter tree are we talking about? Oh, boy, I'm not sure, but it's a pretty old tree. Okay. Chances are you will have to take the concrete out in order to fix it. But you're going to put okay. new concrete in, and the tree continues to grow. It's going to happen again. Uh, of okay, course, it'll don't take... they have a uh, steel plate they can put in the ground, like a root stop or something? That's exactly what I was going to get to. Uh, you can... You can put in a root barrier to stop that right. from happening and then take away the roots on the outside of the barrier that that have been growing up, you know, just so you can get the concrete back down. Uh, you're in that gray area where you may be able to actually put the root barrier in and still save the concrete you have. Without looking at it, I couldn't answer that, but... Uh, yeah. Yes, okay. you do have options. And remember, if it's tearing oh, up the driveway, it's probably working on the house as well. Yeah, okay. One more quick question. I had sure. a plumber come out, and he uh, uh, jetted the uh, clean-out in the kitchen. And he ran a camera through there, and he told me that I've got uh, there's cracks. I could see the cracks in the pipe. Now, he's telling me they want if the roots to watch it. If the roots come up through, they're going to have to dig down and replace the pipe. But somewhere I've heard of they got these sleeves they can put in there. Have you ever heard of that where they can go through and put a sleeve in there without digging the whole yard up? I have. Uh, and it's available for, like, the the three- and four-inch lines. If you get into, like, a, a two-inch line for the sink or dishwashers, uh, washing machines, things like that, 
I don't believe it's available for that size. And okay. it will not take, it, you cannot use it where there's an elbow. You cannot use it where another pipe tees in. They're made for just oh, straight runs. okay, okay. And yeah, so I typically, it'd be cheaper if I could go that route. Yeah, typically it okay. won't work under the foundation. Now, is, okay. is do you have cast iron or PVC pipes? I think it's PVC. Yeah, is what I was looking at. Yeah, if if it's PVC, normally there's not going to be much for cracks. Before I start worrying about doing that, do what's called an a uh, static test. And okay. what the static test does is you. You plug where the water exits. You fill the whole system with water and see if it holds. Because a lot of times on those cameras, there's stuff in there that looks like, oh, hey, there's a crack. But you get in there, that's not a crack. That's just where something went through the pipe one time and scarred it. Okay, well, he told me, he said to watch it. He said he'd come back in about six months and run the camera through again for free. So, okay, we'll do that then. I appreciate your help. You bet, James. Take care. All right. Have a good weekend. Thank you, sir. Jamie, how can I help you? Hello. I would like to just see if I could warn your listeners about a crooked roofing contractor who took our money um, over a year ago, has never, um, you know, fixed our roof. We, she gave us all kinds of excuses. We, you know, trusted her in good faith. And now um, we can't get a hold of her. Harris County Precinct 4 is trying to track her down. We need to serve her papers. Her name's Cora Ann Williams, and she has um, higher image Texas storm repairs and Oklahoma storm repairs. And she works in the Humble Spring area. Well, and, and Jamie, you know, that's one of the reasons I try to warn people about contractors because the unfortunate thing about Texas We've got no licensing, no registrations, no nothing has to be done to be a contractor. And and especially in roofing uh, contractors, it's one of those where people, every time there's a storm, they fly into the area, they set up like they're a local contractor, and the next thing you know, they've taken your money and run. And every time there's a storm, that becomes a big issue in the area. Well, actually, we know that she's done roofs. Uh, in the area, um, one of our best friends had his roof done by her, and he was very happy, so he recommended her to us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we took it that she was, um, you know, fair and, and honest. And, um, you know, we gave her our $7,000. And yep. uh, at first it was supposed to be July 2015, then August, then September. Oh, I'm sick. You know, oh, my crew yep. is out of town. And, um, hey, Jamie, you know, that, that music yeah. means I need to take a break, but I will tell you one thing. Stay working with the constables and stuff to uh, push this forward. Otherwise, she's going to do it to somebody else. David, welcome to KTRH. Hey, man. How are you doing? Wonderful. How about you? I'm doing fine. Uh, we just moved into a uh, – we're just moving into a new house or a, an old house, but it's new for us up in Conroe. And I, um, I'm wanting to – I'm renting a grinder for the garage floor and I'm thinking of putting in uh, a primer on afterwards obviously and then a paint type epoxy do you have any suggestions without doing the you know the $500 online deal and we're moving in sort of quick and I'm you know I'm sort of trying to get this done at the last moment and why are you going to grind it uh just to make it 
flat and smooth, really to make it okay. really smooth. It's got some rough spots. Yes, sir, it does. Okay. Uh, well, first I'm going to tell you, don't get it too smooth because you want the epoxy to stick well. And if it's too smooth, it won't stick well. It'll, okay. it'll tend to blister up and peel up. Uh, and so make sure you follow the instructions on whatever flooring you do use. But typically, I, I would tell you to stop at some of the paint stores like Sherwin-Williams. Okay. They carry a higher-end epoxy coating that you can put down on the floor than what okay. you get at the box stores. Gotcha. Uh, Ace, Ace Hardware's carry a great uh, supply of it as well. Okay. Um, All righty, so... Would you suggest putting down an, uh, I'm sorry, I've got a little baby with me, three of them, in fact. That's um, okay. Uh, would you suggest putting a primer down after the after the grinding? No. Normally, if you'll, if you'll get that epoxy kit, it comes with everything that needs to be applied straight to bare concrete. So uh, you don't want to put a, a primer down and then find out that, well, what you bought is not compatible with that primer. That makes perfect sense. Okay. I, I really appreciate your time. Oh, David, you take care, and good luck with that new home. Have a blessed day, sir. You too. Bye-bye. And, and that's, uh, let me tell you, that's whether you're painting concrete or wood siding or anything else. Really, you want to get your paint first. Make sure whatever primer you're going to use matches with that paint. Uh now, I know a lot of paints now come with primer mixed in, especially if you're doing walls and stuff. If it's bare material, I still typically want to put a primer on first. But on concrete, you, you've got to follow exactly what the manufacturer says, especially when you're doing floors, because it will blister up off those floors. Something fierce, faster than you know what's happening. You could be in there having to pressure wash it all off and start over. And you really don't want to have to do that. And, uh, and just a heads up, sometimes some of those epoxies uh, want you to acid wash the floor first in order to etch it, which gives it little grooves for the epoxy to bond to. So make sure you follow those instructions. Uh, with winter coming, uh, what winter we do have here, uh, it becomes the time of year where we kind of start moving gears from outside to inside doing repairs. Now you would think we would kind of do just the opposite, go outside in the winter and inside when it's too darn hot to be outside, but we always do it the opposite. So as we're moving inside, we're getting ready to start painting interior walls, redoing floors and bathrooms and kitchens and all that kind of stuff. One of the things you got to be aware of is when you're getting your materials that you get the right materials in other words we had a call earlier where a lady redid her shower and she was concerned that she may have to be taking a piece of tile off and they're concerned what it's going to do to the green rock behind it in her shower green rock does not belong in the shower it does not belong on the tubs around around your bathtub either Green rock is for all the rest of the walls in the bathroom behind the tile around a tub or shower should be a concrete backer board. And I don't know why contractors keep getting their head. They're going to use the green rock around the tub and in the shower 
and use regular sheetrock in the rest of the bathroom. That is not the way it's supposed to be done. Concrete backer board in the shower and tub surround. Green rock sheetrock in the rest of the bathroom because it's a high humidity area. And, and why is this so critical and why do I bring this up all the time? Because when you get moisture that gets behind the tile and you will get moisture behind it because the grout lines are not watertight. Moisture will go through grout lines. It gets back, it gets onto that sheetrock back there and it starts to expand it. Whether it's green rock or regular sheetrock doesn't matter. It will start to expand and as it expands your tile will start popping loose. Now does it happen overnight? No, it takes time for this to happen, but it is going to happen. And all that money you spent on that tile work is wasted. And the whole purpose of the, the green rock or moisture resistant rock, because some of it's different colors nowadays, is, is simple. It doesn't absorb moisture as easily as regular sheetrock. And that's the reason it's supposed to be used in the rest of the bathroom. Now, if you were putting tile around, say, the toilet area, you, you can put that straight onto the sheetrock. That's fine. But a wet area, the shower and tub surround, need to be a concrete backer board. They match in thickness, and then you do need to float the joints out so that everything comes out nice and uniform. It's not that difficult to install. The, the concrete backer board are just screwed into place. You, you, there's regular screws that are made for it so please if you're going to do one of these projects follow those rules if you're upgrading a kitchen I want you to, to pay close attention to this no wood floors in the kitchen I'm not saying you can't have the look of wood I'm saying don't put real wood on the floors in the kitchen Dishwashers leak, refrigerators leak, kids get ice out of the refrigerator, drop it on the floor and it stays there. Husbands get ice out of the refrigerator and they kick it underneath the, the refrigerator if it hits the floor instead of picking it up and putting it in the sink. Yes, ladies, I'm telling you the dirty secrets of men. It happens. Pick a tile that looks like wood. Pick a laminate that looks like wood. Pick something that's water resistant. Wood is not. It will be ruined. And the simple steam coming from a dishwasher can ruin a wood floor. Why take the chance? Just use something else in there. And one of the, the most underutilized floorings that actually does a great job is linoleum floors. The old vinyl sheets that you can roll out, glue down, uh, they, they work wonderful, and they protect what's underneath it. So if you're in a pier and beam block and base house and you got, you know, wood floors, the plywood floors, or even the, the old planks, you can use linoleum floors to keep moisture from going through and causing problems with that wood. It's, it, it, it truly is a great way to take care of those floors. Um, and... Those type of floors have come a long ways over the years. It's not like it used to be where they looked cheap and you had to pick this uh, floral design to to just really have something that blended in with your house. They they have a lot of designs that 
that look very well. They got some that look just like tile. In fact, you got to reach down and touch them to see if it is tile. So avoid wood in the kitchens. If you want to use um, wood everywhere else in the house, I don't care. Kitchen, bathroom, no wood. Period. Won't do it. Don't need to do it. Bad idea. You know, one of the things we talked about a little bit earlier is how to check out a contractor. And I saw it with the BBB thing, but there's so much more to do than that. One, make sure you call past customers of, of whatever contractor you're going to call. And let me tell you, the contractor's only going to give you good referrals. Let's face it, that is the way it goes. When you're talking to them, the kind of things you're looking for is, oh, he did a wonderful job. It all looks great. Uh, it took a little longer than expected, but it all looks great. And then you got to ask, well, why did it take longer? Well, he had these other projects going, and he had to go work on them and then come back. You want somebody who's going to get on your project and stay on it, not be moving from project to project. So that's one of the telltale signs when you're calling around. And let me tell you, any contractor can have a problem or somebody who thinks there's a problem you know we hey I had a call in on the show what was it two weeks ago from someone who was complaining about uh, a job that we did plumbing wise we did it or it was a lady she called in we did it I don't remember how many years ago like 15 years ago 10 years ago whatever it was has a one-year warranty she was complaining that she thought it was leaking and we had offered to go do a test for her, see if it was leaking. And if it was leaking, then it would need a static test in the sewer system, or isolation test, rather. And if the isolation test showed it was on an area we worked on, we would end up taking care of it. If it was an area that we didn't work on, she would need to pay for it. She didn't like that answer. She didn't want us to come out. Well, she finally did call in. We went out and did the static test, and lo and behold, there was no leak. If you've got a contractor that you're having a problem with, work with them. Don't just all automatically assume they're not going to do anything. And think about where you work, if it would be reasonable what you're asking for. It amazes me how often people will ask for something that's totally unreasonable. Uh, I had a caller earlier today. She had a marble shower put in. Natural stone marble. Natural materials have defects. Wood floors, marble, granite, whatever. It all has defects because it's natural. It's not man-made, so it's not all uniform. And she was upset because there was a filler in one spot... And when she had it steam cleaned, I guess it came out. And she was asking about whether she should make them come out and replace that. It had a one-year warranty on it. It was put in over two years ago. No. Put the filler piece, you know, get it, the, some patch material, fill it in, and reseal it, and you'll be fine. Think about what you would do if it was yours. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.